thank you for joining us on the first episode of Stories from the Sticks. I am half of your host, Sydney Davis. And I'm the other half, Gabriella Norton. Very good. <laughs> week to week, we are going to be bringing you stories of the absurd things that have happened in Greek mythology and the crazy things that have happened in our world, that being murder. So we do just want to go ahead and disclaim that we know some of the subject matter that we're tackling is pretty heavy. And I think with true crime being as big as it is, it's pretty self-explanatory that a lot of these stories are just terrible. So we do just want to go ahead and say we know a lot of times it's going to, you know, be a lot to handle. And we think that anyone listening should go ahead and take into consideration what the subject matter at hand is. Um, We are going to try and find that line between what is worth sharing and worth discussing and what is just too much. much. Yeah. And I mean, we could censor it like they do in grade school growing up. You hear Greek mythology and it's super censored. But to keep it as accurate as possible, both with the murders and the mythology, we're going to stay true to the stories. So just actually, no, I mean, not all the time. We might be wrong. (laughs) We might be wrong a lot of the time, which is okay for us. It's how to go. (laughs) But yeah, just listen with your own discretion and enjoy. for this episode and for the podcast in general we were trying to decide what the best thing would be for us to discuss i decided that i was going to talk about the beginning of the beginning mm-hmm. how the world came to be in greek mythology mm-hmm. and you learned a lot about like the greeks and the romans and everything in school right um yeah like a lot of it more from a historical perspective as i got older so that's more of the stuff that is like that I is more familiar to me yeah. is the the historical context. Um, in terms of mythology, I did learn a lot when I was younger. Elementary. Elementary school, probably like second to fourth grade. Sure. Um, so it has been a very long time, and it was just short stories here and there. Nothing really interconnected. Nothing really. Um, yeah, we pull a lot of the stories, everything from Hesiod, Homer, mm-hmm. Aeschylus. I think yeah. that's how you pronounce his name. It's like. A-E-S-C-H-Y-L-U. Uh-huh. So, I don't that know. Right. <laughs> Aeschylus. Right. And Sophocles. Okay. Um, the main ones that I'm going to be pulling from, you know, the Theogony. Okay. In the beginning, chaos. Right. There was disorder, nothingness. Chaos wasn't so much a physical being as it was just, like, a void. In, like, emptiness, essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Emptiness. And from there sprung Gaia... Tartarus, Eros, Erebos, and Nyx. Okay. Eros being love, mm-hmm. Erebos being darkness, Nyx being night, mm-hmm. Tartarus, I think, it, that was covered in um, Dante's Inferno, right? Was no? supposed to read that book? We, we read it in 10th grade, no? I mean, we were, so we did some spark notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to that one. Okay, well, um, so Tartarus is like, the pit. It is. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the pit. That's where like the bad. Where they threw everyone. That's. 
I know that part. Good job. <laughs> yeah, you've seen like Disney's Hercules. Exactly. When they're breaking them out and they're like, Zoom. Exactly. And that's what I know. Yeah, lightning bolts over. Yes. That's the pit. That's okay. Turner's. Okay? okay. And then we have Gaia, Earth. Yes. She's like, what's that one? Tafiti and Maui, the green, the, you know, the. Yeah. So that's what we okay. picture when we think of <laughs> Gaia. Okay. We think about. Mother Nature, yeah. the big beautiful green woman. Yep, that's, that's, that's guy. The green bean guy. Green. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> that's Gaia. <laughs> Gaia gets lonely mm-hmm. and she makes three beings for herself. Got it. Uranus, Pontus, and Uria. Mm-hmm. Uria, is that a? Isn't that know. the thing in like P? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the only one we're really going to focus on is Uranus, the sky god. Okay. Um, he takes the crown, and he's like, all right, I am king of it all. Even though Sounds good. Gaia creates him. Well, yeah. There we go. That's how it so, <laughs> so Gaia and Uranus, they have 12 kids. Okay. One of them being Kronos, then we have Rhea, and then we have 10 other Titans that aren't the main focus of this. Okay. But just to kind of go over their names, we have Koyas, Phoebe, Hyperion, Nemesini, Thea, Themis, Tethys, Cryus, Yapidus, Lapidus, yeah. And then we have Oceanus. Okay, there we go. Gaia and Uranus. They're lovey, they love their children, everything is good. And then Uranus is like, hey, let's have some more kids. Okay. And Gaia's like, sure, why not? Yeah. So these second kids, they are the Cyclopses okay. and the Hecatonchores. Yes. You've seen Full Metal Alchemist, right? Right. So you um you know in the intro that thing with all the different heads that Envy turns into? Yes. So it's that's the same thought when you think of the Hecatonchores. Okay. Hecatonchores, it means like the 100 armed thing. Okay. So they are super strong, 100 arms, 50 heads. But they look like freaks. They look like freaks, okay. and the Cyclops is a one eyed, okay, yeah. you know, monster. Right. And so obviously, Uranus is like, ah! Yeah, never mind. And he takes them and he like, Shoves them into Tartarus, right. and Gaia is all, like, what the heck? Whoa, yeah. My kids. My kids. Okay. So she gets pissed off. Right. And she's like, kids, help me kill your father. Right. And Cronus is the only one like, I'll do it. Uh-huh. So, Cronus has a sickle, and he transcends down to Earth Gaia. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm, hey, Dad. But Dad is asleep. Okay. Sleeping soundly? Yeah, this is... Okay. You know this I know this. Yes. Okay, so he... Tiptoes sneaking up to him. Right. He has a sickle in his hand. Okay. And he completely castrates his father. Like... Good thing. (laughs) He's like, he's like, you can't appreciate your kids. You can't... No more. (laughs) Yeah, literally. So he slices him clean. (laughs) And his genitals. Yes. Everything goes flying out the freaking window, okay. landing in the sea, and it's... <laughs> oh, good. Did you know this? No. Okay, yeah. This is the uh, the, the third grade part <laughs> that we probably missed. Well, my thing is, like, when you're in third grade, that's definitely a key part of the story. So how are you going to tell that story, it? period, without being like... They get crafty. 
<laughs> you get bits and pieces of information. Yeah. You're, okay, that makes sense. You kind of because you're and. eight. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that yeah. goes flying into the ocean. Okay. And his semen okay. mixes with the waves, okay. creating the sea foam. Okay. Washes up on a shore, mm-hmm. and out comes this beautiful woman. Okay. Like, like you look at her, and it is in the cartoon. Awooga! <laughs> um, yes, and that's Aphrodite. Okay. Wait, what? so homeboy, like, castrates his dad. Yes. And, and then... After that, basically, Kronos, like, takes over, and he's like, all right, I'm king now. Now I got it. Yes. Okay. And Gaia's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Mm, go marry your sister. Got it. So... That's exactly what he does. He goes to marry Rhea, mm-hmm. and they get busy. But Kronos, 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 he's all, what if someone does to me like I did to my dad? Right. So. Okay, yeah. Y- you know this, yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. So every time Rhea, and she has like six kids total. Yeah. This is five times. She's like, oh, my baby, I love them. And Kronos is all, let me, let me see him. Hand him to me. And he swallows them. He swallows them. Okay. Completely just bores them, yes. right? Yes, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so, um, eventually, after five kids, because it's five times trial and error, right. she's like, I'm not going to give him my kids. Once. Only, <laughs> Only six times? Five times. Oh, five right. Five times. Okay. So, she called on by five. Oh, uh, yeah. Five times she's like, what if he swallows my kid again? So, instead. I have a track record at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Rhea transcends down to Earth. She's okay. all pregnant. She's, like, hiding the fact that she's about to give birth. She's okay. like, I'm gonna go down there. Yeah. She hides in some cave off of Crete. Mm-hmm. Um, like a you know, like island. Yes, yeah. Crete. And he hi- she hides in some cave, gives birth, and is, goes to the nymphs there, and she's like, watch my, right. watch him until he it reaches adulthood. Kind of weird, because in Greek mythology, also, everyone is like fully grown when they're born sometimes. Okay. So it's like, I like to imagine them as if they're just like a shrunken down, like human. It's like you put them in water. Like Girl, a boyfriend. Tiny adult is born. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, really? tiny, yes. That's weird. I know. <laughs> I know. So the animals watch him. And the then nymphs. Mowgli. Mowgli <laughs> is born. Is, yeah. Mowgli is born. And she, Araya, goes back up and she's like, okay, I'm giving birth now she locks herself in some room and fakes her screams yeah is swaddling up some rocks yes this is the part that i remember okay she swallows up some rocks in a blanket Mm -hmm. and is love my baby (laughs) and cronus says oh yeah let me see this baby let me see this one yeah she's like oh yeah sure go ahead yeah so here's my thing you ate five of your kids couldn't you have just eaten something else if it mattered so little to if you? Were, if you ate a rock and it was all the same. Why your? Why not something else? Why not something else? Well, he didn't want them to like overthrow him, you know. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Anyway, um, so the nymphs are all raising him. Yeah. Zeus is drinking milk from a goat. Okay. And 
he is learning all of his knowledge from like some enchanted eagle. Okay. Then he learns, all right, I'm Zeus. I was born of Titan Cronus and I need to overthrow him and save all of my brothers and sisters who are trapped in his belly. Yes. And so there is a potion where if Cronus has a little bit of it, he will vomit up all of the children in his belly. So Zeus disguises himself, master of disguise. Please let me serve you, sir. Let me give you some wine. Mm -hmm. Cronus doesn't care. He says, oh, thank God someone wants to be my little man. Right. And so he's pouring him some wine, turns his back, pours a little drop of the potion in it, says, hmm. Bottoms up. (laughs) And he chugs it, vomits all of the children. Yeah. Uh, And I'm pretty sure this is the order. Okay. So it's like reverse how they were swallowed. Youngest first. Yeah. So youngest one comes out first, right? So we have Hestia, um, goddess of the heart. Yes. We have Demeter, goddess of the grain or Mm -hmm. harvest. We have Hera, and she's... Uh, goddess of marriage, goddess of women. We have Poseidon, who mm-hmm. I think is one of the most common ones. Yeah. Sea god. Right. We have Hades, god of the underworld, and Zeus. He was already there, actually. He was right. vomited. But yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus goes and he releases the Cyclopses and the Hecatonchires from Tartarus, right? Mm-hmm. As a kind of thank you gift, the Cyclopses, they make like gifts, thank you okay. gifts. They make Zeus thunderbolts, lightning bolts. Yeah. They make Poseidon a triton. Mm-hmm. They make Hades a helmet of invisibility. Uh-huh. And they side with the Olympians. Okay. Um, some of the women of the Titans, they also side with the Olympians. And there begins a 10-year war between Titans and the Olympians Obviously, the Olympians win, right? Right. All of the Titans, they lock them in Tartarus. Okay. Shut the door. The Hecatonchires are in charge of a garden, Tartarus. Yeah. Like, do not let them out. Peace out. Mm-hmm. And Gaia's pissed. Yeah. Sure? Still, yeah. Um, oh, I should probably talk about Atlas. He was the one, one of the people who kind of led the Titanomachy. Mm-hmm. And his punishment was that he holds... The weight of the heavens on his shoulders. Okay. So he's separating sky and earth. He's separating. Oh. Yeah, he's separating Uranus and Gaia. Okay. Yeah. And then after all of that, um, this is like, hey brothers, Poseidon, Hades, let's kind of decide what our roles are going to be in holding the earth. So it wasn't that they were vomited up and then suddenly Hades is like, I want to rule the underworld, you know? Yeah, they were just. They were just gods that had been vomited up. Yeah. But now there needs to be order, there needs to be something. Yeah, there's jobs overthrown. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Hestia decided that the hearth was something good to be a god. <laughs> so, <laughs> that but, was her thing. Yeah. So Zeus, I'm not kidding you, he does the classic much draw straws. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he gets like three straws and he does that thing of like here choose one he like pushes one up further to make it seem longer he's like "Mm," holding the really long one kind of hiding it back a little bit and poseidon gets 
middle straw. Zeus okay. obviously gets the longest right. one. And then Hades gets the freaking shaft, and he's in the underworld now. But I guess he kind of just accepts it because he's that really cute emo boy. There you go. <laughs> and that's just his place. Yep. And so there you go, guys. There you have it. That's how it all came to be. Thank you. I have a question, though. Yes. And I won't, like, cut this out because okay. it might be stupid. Okay. I'm confused. He vomits up six kids. Five kids. Five kids, And yeah. Zeus is the sixth. Yeah. There's six Olympians. Or 12 Olympians. Yeah. The other six are... Children. Of the original six? Yes. So, like, Athena, she came out of Zeus's forehead. You know? Okay, so so they're not so all of the Olympians are not same generation. No. Got it. They are just like the main gods. So they're the original six. Yeah. And then six more come to be mm-hmm. from these six. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I was just like way different. Yeah. I mean it's confusing. There's so many people. Oh my god, there are the so many people. There are like it's kind of ridiculous. I was like, oh, so Aphrodite had no mother. And I was like, wait, the Lassa sea goddess? I didn't know she was a thing at all. Right. Yeah. It, there are so many people. And yeah. I think as stories go on, I'm going to have to be recapping on people. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of them. Yeah, well, so am I. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, what do you have for us, madam? So, because it is a little bit hard. I mean, there's no... Crime has always been around, obviously, yeah. and there's no, like, oh, this was the first anything. Sure. So, um, for me, like, I thought the best way to introduce the topic, I guess, would be to just provide some background on, like, classifications. Mm-hmm. So, I don't remember exactly which podcast it was that I was listening to, but they kind of started classifying whatever killer they were talking about, and were like, it might have been last podcast on the left talking about Albert Fish. And okay. so they kind of were talking about how he fit a bunch of different categories and things like that. And that's Oh, he was the one that they were like, let's, were they captured and were like, please let us study his brain. Maybe. Yes, exactly. He was the worst. And oh. so they kind of talked about that classification, I guess. And that's not something that I've really heard a lot about. Like classifications of killers? Yeah. And so basically um, what I wanted to talk about the most was just there are four kinds of serial killers. Uh-huh. Um, and they're classified based on the way they kill and how premeditated it is. But really, the the main way that they're classified is what is their motivation. So, just to start off with, like, serial killer. Okay, so, so do they classify, like, killers just, like, someone who killed on a whim? They were just um, like, I got so pissed off, I killed this person! Not in the same way. I think, like, you'll say, like, it's a crime of passion, okay. or it's a, a spontaneous crime, like, things like that. But it's not like they don't classify not in the same them way. into a category Yeah, because, murders. so the thing with serial killers is that they have to have killed three or more people with a cool-down period in between. So, um, a school shooter is not a serial killer. They're a mass murderer. Okay, because... There's no cool down. If there is a cool down period where I'm back to a rational frame of mind, and and then then I kill another another person, person. then that's different. It's no longer I walked into somewhere and just killed anyone I saw. Uh Or if you went, like, spree killings. If someone in the same day goes from one house to another and kills Is that a serial killer? That'd be a spree killing. So for the serial, to be a serial killer, that cool down period is essential. How long is, does um, it matter how long it is? I think a lot of it is dependent on 
what they determine like the psychology of the person themselves like their mindset behind yeah and I I could be completely wrong on that but as far as I found there's no like set it has to be this long between because if you go into some fit of just craziness and it lasts a week where Mm -hmm. you're just out of your mind but you kill a bunch of people on that week you never had a cool down right the cool down has to be coming to back to a as regular as some of these people's minds will be where you are no longer in that same killing mode essentially so there are like four kinds of serial killers that they will you know classify different people as and some of them are confusing and some people can be both and but it is just all like what's his name albert albert fish yeah fish Fish. so they said he i think um in some way or another kind of embodies all four all okay so i don't think i think most people can be typically like boiled down to like one or two right so because some of them are okay so for example the first kind of serial killer which i think is probably one of the ones that is more familiar to people Mm -hmm. is the power and control killer so basically they are true sociopaths right like these people do not share the empathy and do not understand the emotions of people in the same way and they're acting just to better themselves to gain something from it right so these people experience like complete sexual gratification from the domination and humiliation of the victim there's nothing about the person that they're like i'm sexually involved in this the sexual gratification comes purely from the domination of the person yeah so ted bundy is a power and control killer so he confessed to murdering 30 women um and he is one of the most you know, but notorious he wasn't part. like he didn't kill them like mm, I'm sexy no so basically he kidnapped raped mutilated and God. um killed like he's confessed to those 30 women i'm pretty sure that he has uh they they think he did a lot more okay um but confessed to 30 right so um and then also had sex with them after he killed them (gasps) so that is a big yeah it's disgusting but that's a big thing with power and control killers because you have to think what does that do it just humiliates them you know what i mean when the cops find these women when when someone finds them and they see how poorly their body has been treated they They... have just embarrassed the victim what the heck so these people just get gratification out of knowing they're in control of the situation and just humiliating the victim so that is very different from um the next kind of killer which is a visionary killer visionary killers are compelled by voices or visions that they experience like they're they're psychotic like these people a lot of times with visionary killers their thing is that it's certain types of people it it does overlap a little bit with the next kind so i do want to be kind of careful in terms of you know drawing that line between them but so for example herbert herbert mullen is a visionary killer and basically his big thing was that he thought that these voices were telling him he needed to kill in order to prevent an earthquake to a rational person that makes no sense but to him it made sense in his mind his he was having these visions and thought it is the thing I have to do. It's like kill to avoid me. Does What's, that make sense? Yes. What is that one? The culty. There's. I. They talk about it and like what and I think my favorite murder as like a sponsorship 
thing for a different podcast where they talk oh, about... Oh, um, Heaven's Gate? Yeah. Is that... Heaven... I think cults are weird because cults are a lot of power by whoever's just in charge of Okay. People. So, like, like, a lot of the people in cults can't even be necessarily classified as anything because it's just pure brainwashing a lot okay. of the times. Okay, but it's not like a visionary, like, he thought he was, thought he was hearing... You, it, it might be able to be considered that, but then okay. again, you have to consider the serial killing. The right. Se- so if it's that, so if it's, it's not a mass like going suicide, and tracking down. Okay. So like, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if the cult like commits a mass suicide, that's thing. not the same as a serial killer. No, the serial killer needs that cool down period. Right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so um, the visionary and mission, like I was saying, they're the mission killer is the third type of killer and like to me those do seem to have a bit of overlap mm-hmm. which is why um I, I don't know I think that with explaining those it is important to focus for visionary that they are compelled by those mm-hmm. voices right so for a mission killer they have a they feel a duty to kill a certain type of people oh, okay so so the vision killer kills for the end result of I'm trying to avoid this earthquake, uh, Mullen, for example. Mm-hmm. This is why I need to do it. Whereas a mission killer is not considered psychotic. So vision killers are mission. They're just like they. I quite honestly just think they're typically um, very prejudiced people. Really. Who um, like so for example, um, there's a man named Carol Edward Cole, and Cole killed. His mission was to kill women who had cheated on their partners. So he would sleep with women that were married. And then once they had slept with him and he was like, you're the kind of person to cheat on your partner, he felt that it was his duty to take that kind of person out of the world. Right, so it wasn't like, I'm doing this to end all adultery. No, it's just I think that this group of people are worth yeah. should be killed. And okay. so, so that's why they're not like psychotic because the the psychosis part of vision killers is I am hearing these voices. Like right. not even in your right frame of mind. Mission killers are like I am putting my own judgment upon a group of people. They're playing God. Exactly. And it's essentially that. It is people that play God and say I have the right to do this to a lower what they deem lower class. Oh my of god, people. okay. Yeah. So um then the last type is hedonistic killers so there is um kind of like the power and control killers there's a strong connection between personal violence and sexual gratification but it's the violence and not necessarily the humiliation so um so hedonistic uh killers are also described as thrill killers or lust killers um and they receive pleasure from the act of killing itself power and control they receive the pleasure from humiliation and domination these people are just the violence exactly like they want to the violence is what they are interested in (sighs) jeffrey dahmer is an example of a hedonistic killer Uh um and dahmer is another notorious killer Um, is he the one that with the boys yes he murdered 17 young men and boys um and was charged for rape and necrophilia so he had sex with their bodies after they were dead um, and then he also was a cannibal. So Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah, Jeff, those those are some of like I like Ted Bundy and Dahmer are obviously like the killers that if you've heard anything about serial killers, 
typically they're the ones you're going to yeah. know about. Um, they also, though, because they are like that and have so many victims, they probably at some point will earn their own episode regarding yeah. them. Just because they're yeah. so, their stories are so elaborate. Yeah, you're just like kind of giving an example. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so because they are so popular, like a lot of people do know about their crimes and about you know, the way that they carried them out. Um, mm. And they are kind of like the embodiment of these types of killers. Um, so, I mean, a lot of times, like when you're listening to like true crime stories or, you know, watching whatever it is, right. I don't think a lot of times they necessarily like go into depth about these, um, about like, oh, if, if you're watching something on Dahmer, they're not necessarily going to like, type of... they're not explicitly going to say he's a hedonistic killer. Right. Um, and I think it's because a lot of times those lines overlap and some of them like how you can be two yeah some of them the the motivation comes from multiple of these things and sometimes they'll claim that they heard voices but really they wanted the power you see what i mean like those lines are so muddy and they're so convoluted that like it can be hard to classify them as that um but so i wanted to tell you about the show i've been watching that i I finished actually in like three days yeah so it's a netflix series it's called mindhunter right Mm -hmm. and basically it's set in the early 70s um i believe it's the early 70s it might be middle by the time it starts so um essentially what it is is um three fbi agents in the behavioral science unit of the fbi so essentially their job is to just understand the psychology of these criminals. Oh. So here's so it's it's I didn't know what it was when I started the show. Yeah, I was just I've heard that I've heard of it. I just haven't so watched like, it. Within the first episode I realized what was happening and I was like, this is the coolest thing. So what's happened is up until this point, if a woman is killed, you look into her father, you look into her boyfriend, and you look into her ex boyfriends, it was one of them. It's always someone that knows the victim. They kill one time and they kill for whatever specific reason she owed me money or she was cheating on me. Like a very specific reason, someone very close to them. In the early 70s, they had never seen serial killers before. They had never seen killers that didn't know their victims. They had never seen people that killed multiple times. Uh So the FBI essentially is like, they don't know how to solve these crimes. Because now people like, investigators can look at crimes and they look at the evidence and they can say we would expect this to be a white man in his early 20s lower class like they can they can look at a crime and look at the evidence and pinpoint those things when they're at a point in you know forensic science where all they know is to look at the people near them and say all right what was their reasoning behind exactly so now they have these crimes that there is no motive that can be understood by a rational person. Yeah. So essentially the whole show is them, they don't even have the word serial killer. I think like eight of the 10 episodes in, they finally come up with the term serial killer. So it is, and it's it's a true story. So it's these two FBI agents that are like loose interpretations of the real agents. Okay. Um, and they interview serial killers and they really did this. So like Ed Kemper is one of- Who is he? Um. Another just terrible, terrible man killed lots of women. Um, He killed his mom. He killed his grandparents. Like, so they interview him and they talk to him about the crimes because they're trying to understand his mind. And so it is... Do they interview him or do they... He's not in the show. They interview like... They interview an actor playing him. Okay. But you can look on YouTube and there's like side-by-sides. They did real interviews. The, like... 
in the 70s, they did these actual interviews with Ed Kemper, and the show recreates them. Oh. It is unreal how realistic it is. It is unreal how close to the actual interviews it is. And it is just, it is, I don't know, it is so interesting. And like I said, I didn't know what the show was when it was starting. So, like, within the first two episodes, it was essentially the birth of forensic psychology and being able to identify a criminal so, so throughout the show, they start saying, we need a way to classify this. Let's call them organized and disorganized. And that is the first thing they classify serial killers as. And all of these things are, like, just staples in forensics now and in, you know, criminal psychology and criminal justice now. Like, those are all the things that the cops, that's the first thing they do. They say this was an organized killer. Like, we know it could be this kind of person based on the crime, based on how premeditated it is. So essentially, you see the birth of all of that through these FBI agents, and it's a real story. So it's like 10 episodes long, and I finished it in like two days. Wow. And um, and Jonathan Groff, who is King George in the original Hamilton soundtrack, and has done a ton of things, Okay, is actually the... um, lead FBI agent in the show. And nice! Very Does funny. he sing? No, there's no singing. <laughs> um, but it's it's a really funny show. It's really, really good. They talk to Ed Kemper and Richard Speck in the first season, and they are just... just Wait, are there... How many seasons are there? There's only one right now. The oh, okay. It's coming out, like, this year, hopefully. Well, you so, know what, uh... This year being next year is what I mean. This next year, like, 18... 19. Yeah. Okay. So... Hopefully it comes out soon because it was fantastic. And if you don't want a show that ends with a massive cliffhanger, then wait. Yeah. <laughs> because it sucks. Yeah. But it's just a really good show. And, like, with looking into all of this just for, you know, this episode to have all that information mm-hmm. and watching the show at the same time, I was like, this is the best. And I don't watch TV ever. You can typically can't convince me to watch anything. <laughs> and so I watched it in two days. So yeah. it was fantastic. You haven't seen Dexter, right? No. Okay. Surprisingly you, you know what Dexter's about? Yeah. It's like... Loosely. He's a serial killer. He kills serial killers. Right. Um, but, uh... Shoot, I don't know if I should... So he's a mission builder. <laughs> <laughs> he kills yes. serial killers. Yes. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. But there are also, like, with all of the serial killers, you saying all of that, I'm like, oh, shoot, that reminds me of, like this person in this episode or right. this person are in this they, episode are they based off of real do you know if I don't think so I don't yeah. think so I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some influence I mean in LA Noir right there's like what's that one the black black widow nope the black Lou- Dahlia yes yeah <laughs> yeah black okay Dahlia. yeah well that's a real one, right? Yeah. And that one's in L.A. Noir. Oh, is L.A. Noir all cold cases, do you know? Like, uns- like, oh, you mean, what do you mean by Like, that? are all of L.A. Noir's cases real, first of all? Do you know? I am have absolutely That's no okay. idea. I didn't even know Black Dahlia was real until you told oh, really? me. And I, said, and I said, wait, I know that name. Okay, then they, they probably all are, but I, I would, so, so how that game works, is it, do you solve it by the end of the... Yes, yes. Okay. So every... um, You start out in the game and you're like a homicide detective. Uh-huh. And you are... Wait, is Michael Phelps a 
a swimmer. Sports. Oh, <laughs> he's the Olympic swimmer. <laughs> Wait, the last the dude's last name I'm pretty sure is like Phelps. I'm pretty sure. So I was just gonna say, mm, yeah. So his name's Michael Phelps. Hey, wait, who is this? The detective in Eleanor. Oh, I doubt it's Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you're him and. Okay. The thing about Elaine War that is so interesting to me is that you're going to recognize a lot of the characters in it. Because right. Because the way that they made the game was like, you know, get actors, scan their faces as they're talking. So it is actual actors in the game. Wait, what do you mean? Like, oh, you haven't seen Heroes, have you? Mm-mm. Okay. There is... There are actors, and they have, you know, dots on their face, okay. or their face, and they're doing whatever. Right. You're supposed to be reading their faces in the games. Like, they'll be, you'll oh. interview them, and you have to, like, okay, they're lying to me, doubt them, or... So it's more involved than, it's like... It's really... That's really cool, actually. No, it, it's really cool. I mean, I was telling you the other day, like, in my mind, I was kind of imagining, like, a point-and-click... Adventure. Yeah, essentially. Know? And so, like, even the other day when you were explaining just, like how involved it is I was mm-hmm. surprised but I didn't even fully realize that you do stuff like that also that it's yeah. like interrogations and things like that and when you're doubting them you have to back it up with evidence that's so cool you have to get evidence you have to make sure you have enough so that if you doubt them you can pull a piece of evidence but if you don't have it then you just have to be like you're lying so does it go to like a court case where you have to prove out pull out all this evidence or like no. how does it you just you present it kind of yeah and then you it, present it they'll own up to it or oh I see so it kind of you work them into a confession or something like exactly that. with, That's the, really with cool. the evidence okay it's so cool the game's actually really fun that sounds really interesting yeah and yeah um Gavs want to help us wrap this up um well we have a twitter account now so mm-hmm. everyone can follow our twitter it is at stick stories that is s-t-y-x s-t-o-r-i-e-s and we're gonna post stuff and pictures yeah. and <laughs> words and whatever we really feel like posting <laughs> it is not gonna be professional in any way no <laughs> so you can follow us yep uh, and maybe we'll like mess up in one of the podcasts and then we'll tweet about please that's perfect actually <laughs> Okay, follow the Twitter Please account. Please follow it. So that we can correct ourselves in real time. Yeah. And then there's no delays on everyone yeah. telling us that we're idiots. <laughs> because we've already owned up to it. It's your fault you don't follow us. And DM us if we're idiots. But please but don't nicely, DM. <laughs> nicely tell us we're stupid. Yeah, nicely. Um, I think that's that, all. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, well... Thank you guys for tuning in. We probably we'll need like back. an outward signature thing. Yeah. But later, gamers. <laughs> That's good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for listening. Tune it out. Later, gamers. Cue the outro music. <laughs>